The Stanley Cup playoffs. So much drama happening that we have no choice but to break down all of the big moments from round one with a special playoff plus minus coming at you today. Plus, Preds aren't in the playoffs, but some of the guys we saw at the roster at the end of the year are doing big things for the Milwaukee Admirals in their playoff run. We'll break that down as well today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. Well, Preds aren't in it, but has this been an entertaining postseason to watch and yeah this is a this is a what in the shnikes is happening and i'm here for every ounce the theater major in me who loves hockey is living her best life right now yeah uh so much drama and i feel like i just i just had to uh i had to kind of represent today yes love Uh, so i got this if you if you're familiar with the webs or the uh the twitter handle at hockey jerseys they do great mystery hockey jersey uh dumps every year i did one and got this austin matthews maple leaf jersey and i was like this is fantastic but i'm not really a maple leafs fan so <laughs> when am i ever gonna wear this and so i'm doing playing in this show i was like you know what if if not this weekend then when <laughs> if when pray tell when if there is ever <laughs> just a custom time to wear it that I'm telling you, the Toronto Maple Leaf story is one of my favorite stories. And yet that's just scratching the surface of the absolute chaos that we are watching unfold in round one. Yeah. It's glorious. A a Stanley, a like everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people picked a Stanley Cup matchup that now features both teams out in round one. Yeah, uh, We have the best regular season NHL team in history bounced in round one for the second time that's happened in four years. Uh, so much going on. And number one, I think people are going to be very confused. Side note, people are going to be very confused if you haven't seen this podcast before. A guy wearing a Maple Leafs jersey. Yeah. With Red Wings stuff in the background visible mm-hmm. and hosting a Predators podcast. You're eclectic, Nick. Yeah, Embrace I, that. I, I feel if, yeah, I feel like if you've not heard anything I've said before, you are going to be very <laughs> confused. But yeah. let's talk about some of the stuff, man. With a special playoff plus minus, since it is Monday, you guys know how this works. If you're a long-time listener, we give pluses to the things that we like, minuses to the things that uh, we don't, or that are, in this case, maybe a bad storyline. Um, and let's start with a plus, and let's just let's just start with it. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes. We, I put this on Twitter. I put this on Twitter the other day. For perspective's sake, 
The last time the Maple Leafs won a playoff series, like won a game that clinched them playoff series, was April 20th, 2004. Three days before that, the Predators lost a game six to Detroit 2-0 at the then Gaylord Entertainment Center. The Predators lost that series. That was the Nashville Predators' very first playoff series. The first time they made the playoffs in their franchise history. That was the last time the Leafs won a series. Preds have won seven since then. Yeah. But it just goes to show you, like, you know, if you're a longtime fan and you think back and like, oh, wow, that Steve Sullivan team seems like forever ago. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's how long it's been since the Maple Leafs have won a playoff series, folks. Well, you almost have to put it in personal perspective to really go, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because what, 2004, what was I doing in 2000? Oh, my gosh. In 2004, I had a two and a half year old and I was expecting my second. Mm hmm. Friends, that was that was a long time ago. We're getting ready to launch all, but you know, we're getting ready to launch that last one. That's like lifetimes ago. God bless Toronto. Y'all have held it together for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Uh a two and a half year old that's married now. <laughs> that that's oh perspective. gosh. Wow. That Woo! adds some perspective yes. to you. Okay. Uh, I yes. was a freshman in high school. And cool as all get out, I just know it. No, uh, very wrong, <laughs> extremely wrong. But yeah. I, I appreciate the uh, the thought. Yeah, um, yeah. To, to me and the Maple Leaf story, you know, first off, they take out the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have broken their streak of three consecutive times going yeah. to the Stanley Cup Finals. So that's ending. Um, but you know, it, it, I said this last week, it kind of started to feel like the Chicago Cubs in 2016, a little bit, like, even if you weren't a huge fan of the team, yes, you, you kind of wanted to see it happen just cause it's like, yeah, you know what? They've been through a lot. Their fans are long suffering. Just what one time, what would it be like to see if they, if they could win it all? And, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's weird that we're saying this about a first round playoff series, um, but you know what the, the Maple Leafs, you know, they're a good team. They're fun to watch, you know, mm-hmm. full with fun players like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, um, William Nylander, who's really coming to his own this year has been another really fun player. What about Callie um, Yarncroak? And, and yeah, that boy, Callie, Callie, um, Callie, you know, and, and to me, it's just, you know, kind of fun. It's fun to see the fans. I love seeing all those shots of Maple Leaf Square yeah. when that Tavares goal went in. Um, and, you know, it, it happened against a good team because I think a lot of people were just kind of ready for somebody else other than Tampa to kind mm-hmm. of carry that Eastern Conference banner for a while. Yeah, I was really surprised how well they did just because we're so used to seeing it not go well. And when they didn't clinch in what in six, I was yeah. like, oh, y'all. Like, we can't have this. We can't have this. But I agree with you. For me, it was a fat plus to watch Toronto fans celebrate. And my favorite part of the entire thing was that the Toronto Transit Authority had to tweet out like, hey, we're really sorry. There are delays due to traffic and pedestrian congestion downtown. And the Maple Leafs Twitter retweeted it and said, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I was like... And, and or it, it's it's Toronto, and so it's sorry. 
sorry that yeah that's my bad sorry but it's i love it i love it because it is just you're watching just relief and i yeah. get it you know all the people on twitter all the party poopers were like you know you have to win three more series of course they know that they've yeah. sat through it they know what what comes next but and maybe it's because I'm from Nashville and people rip on us like, oh, you hang a banner for everything. Like, look, you got to celebrate every step. You got to celebrate every step. So I'm uh, I'm here for Toronto. I'm here to see what they can do in the next round. No. They're a good team. And you know, if they lost that overtime game, that oh my gosh. overtime game, that series went 3-3. Three, three. You, you know, you know what would have happened, man. Oh my gosh. You know what would have happened. I don't, I mean, I can't even, like, I just can't even imagine, almost, I can't imagine what, what would have happened because it was now or never. Yeah. Uh, How about another plus from you? What's been one thing you've loved about the playoffs so far? Okay. I'm going to give a fat plus to what I like to refer to as bonus hockey. It feels like, and I haven't gone back through to to look at other postseasons, but it feels like we're getting a fat lot of bonus hockey, a lot of overtime games, a lot of like close high drama games between these teams. And I'm here for it. You know, we talked about Florida and Boston a little bit. We're going to talk, you know, we talked about Tampa Bay and Toronto. These are like game seven, overtime, cliffhangers, you know. I'm here for having really good competitive series. And I think that round one for the most part has been really competitive hockey, but I'm also here for like up the drama, make it take more than three periods. So there have been 14 games that went to overtime and a couple of them went to double overtime. So I think I'm here personally for the bonus hockey. I will be curious to see. And I wonder about this how much the extra games, the extra overtimes, how much of a toll down the stretch that's going to take on some of these teams that continue to move through, you know, like I don't want to take credit for the fact that Colorado won the Stanley cup last year, but you're welcome that you only played four games and (laughs) we didn't really challenge you. We, we certainly made it easy for them. Yeah. Uh, Toronto, Tampa Bay, three of those last four games went to overtime hurricanes, Islanders went to overtime twice. Uh, I'm looking, and I believe this is this is like a unique thing. I don't remember this necessarily happening in previous series, but every playoff series mm-hmm. has been to overtime yeah. at least once. Yeah, I don't necessarily remember that happening in the first round uh, last couple of years. Certainly. Yeah, well, I guess the president. I don't know. I'll have to go back and look at yeah, that. Yeah, I, any... I should have gone back to look, but I was just like, I'm here for this. This yeah, is because Preds Preds and Avs last year, game two went to overtime. Um, Christmas I, miracle. I don't know. It's it's unique and it's fun mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, a lot of drama, especially when you're not watching it. Um, a couple <laughs> of, a couple of minuses and yeah. to give out, and we will do that in just a second. Plus, we'll talk admirals hockey a little bit there at the end uh but first want to mention today's show is brought to you by athletic greens the founders behind ag1 i take ag1 every day i love starting my morning with it it is basically a green powder you take one scoop of it you throw it in a glass of water mix it up down it 
And that is the extent of your morning vitamin routine. And that's because one delicious scoop of AG1 has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of the things. I noticed after I started taking AG1, I had more energy throughout the day. I didn't feel like I was getting that late afternoon crash where I was just watching the clock with my head on my desk or trying to steal a nap during the day. I'm sure my employers are very appreciative of AG1. My stomach's not bloated. I feel like, you know, just normal, some more energy. And I owe it all to uh, AG1. It's something that costs me less than $3 a day, which I'm guessing is what some of you spend on your daily uh, cold brew habit from that coffee shop down the street. And I like it because it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You don't have to pay like, you know, $20 for zinc, $20 for a multivitamin, $10 for B12. It's all in one little scoop and it's an all-in-one nutritional insurance. So right now, time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Again, just one scoop and a cup of water in a cup every day. No need for a million different pills and supplements. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, and some things that uh, haven't gone so well in the postseason. And I would like to give a minus to breaking the regular season wins record. Because apparently it hasn't quite worked out for the past two teams that have done it. The Bruins. The supposed to be the best regular season team we've ever seen in the NHL. Mm -hmm. High scoring. And like stifling defense, good goaltending from Lena Solmark, who's supposed to be the Vezina front runner. All of that just kind of went by the wayside in that seven game collapse. And that's, I think, the jarring thing. And this was a collapse yeah. for the Boston Bruins. Yeah, Boston, I think I saw a stat that in overtime, Boston turned the puck over in the neutral zone like seven times in overtime. And I was like, yo, y'all, that's our gig. What are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? This is not who you are. This is not what you do. But Boston was on the ropes. It's like Florida came out and was like, you know what? And and Boston was up three to one. It's like the Golden State Warriors from years ago that my son still torment my husband with. Like, you had a three-to-one lead. Or the Toronto Maple Leafs multiple times over the past 19 years. But it turned out okay for them this time. This one time, it turned out okay. Yeah, yeah, my favorite thing seeing on Twitter was, like, people saying, oh, so is Boston the new Toronto now? Oh, gosh. Oh, oh. But yeah, I really, it was interesting to me because I had kind of the same thought. And I'm like, does the president's trophy really mean anything? Does it mean anything? And I think the last time a team won the Stanley Cup and the president's trophy was 2013. I think it was Chicago won it in 2013, won both of them in 2013. And I'm like, it's very interesting to me that the president's trophy, it doesn't mean 
anything when it comes to winning what you're ultimately there to win. Well, I think it's just parody in the NHL now, you know, there's there's so many good teams where even the quote unquote mid teams have tools that can help you win a series. And yeah, I mean, and Boston blew it. I mean, you look at these scores when the Bruins were up three, one, they won games three to one lost game two, but then won four, two and six, two. And it just looks like, you know, the Panthers had absolutely no answer for them. That Boston was just absolutely clubbing them. And then they lose game five in OT game six. They lose seven to five. And then you mentioned it, Robert with a minute to go, they had this game one. They were up three to two. Like the, the Panthers just couldn't get any sustained pressure going. It's just, you know, Boston, you know, you know, defended the shot, poked the puck loose, kept clearing it. Yes. And then that, oh, that goal by Brandon Montour just shifted everything. Yeah. Like it shifted the entire mood of the series. Like you mentioned the Bruins just played an awful overtime. Like yeah. an awful overtime. And you almost predicted, you're like, Panthers are going to win this. Yeah, it, it was, you could feel when overtime started, you're like, oh, there is a shift. Like, yeah. and, and I know the game was in Boston, but there was a shift as you watch this game. You're like, this is, Boston is is off. Like, I think that last minute tying it up kind of rocked them. I, I, I would be fascinated to do some sort of psychoanalyst you know, psychoanalysis on the players and, and, and find out. But it that overtime was not the Boston Bruins that we saw all season long. I think it's very interesting. And uh, as we mentioned, the Tampa Bay Lightning broke that record a few years ago. And uh, do you remember who they played? No, who did they play? The Columbus Blue Jackets swept oh. in four games. Do you remember who the goalie was? No, who was the goalie? Sergei Bobrovsky. Okay. Who was the goalie for the Panthers last night? Sergey Bobrovsky. Sergey Bobrovsky. Here's another plus for you: seven and yeah. one in playoff games against teams that broke the all-time NHL <laughs> wins record. That broker tied the all-time NHL wins record. So, uh, if you if you feel like setting a record and you see Bob in the crease ahead of you, <laughs> you might want to say a few prayers. Yeah. And uh, how about another minus? Yeah, I'm going to give a minus. Uh, I'm going to give a minus. And and this hurts my heart a little bit because it's going to kind of speak something over a player I love. But I'm giving a minus to the Winnipeg Jets. Y'all. I was ready to go in on the Winnipeg Jets. Nino. Nino. You know, I love you. And I, so I don't want to speak anything over. I love Nino Niederreiter. He he wormed his way in my heart in, in a very short number of games. But the Winnipeg Jets, and we had talked about this. You and I both had picked the Winnipeg Jets. And we had talked about, you know, they had their come to Jesus moment. And it was right as the regular season ended where like, hey, you guys effed around and you found out. And now you've got, you know, you've got to get ahead of the Nashville Predators and their 13-year-olds, you know, their U18 team to get into the playoffs. And so it felt like you, they had had their come to Jesus moment and that they were in a good place to go into these playoffs and woof, like just woof y'all. But, but can I give a plus in that whole thing? Mm -hmm. Can I give a plus to the popcorn and tea salesmen in Winnipeg? who are going to be making gangbusters from everybody following this locker room drama that's about to unfold. 
we got to talk about this. For for those of you who don't know, after game five, Rick Bonus uh, absolutely ripped his team a new one. Lost his uh, mind. If, if you haven't seen it, just said there's no pushback. Um, you know, disappointed. Basically, like a lot of very strong words, which he is. and all of all of them were correct words. Uh, and so, you know, next day, Blake Wheeler was team captain, had that C strip before the season comes out, and basically says, "You know what? Screw the coach." <laughs> you know, basically, basically said, "Yeah, we're all disappointed at what he had to say. Thought he should have been a man and handled it behind closed doors." Mm. What yeah. do you think about that? What is your feeling on it? Because it was strong language. It was not just, man, we are so disappointed we lost. He said, I am so disappointed and disgusted. Yeah. <clears throat> disgusted. It's the same crap we saw in February. No pushback. No push. I mean, he lost y'all, he lost his mind. Yeah. What is your what is your feeling on that as far as that uh, coach on, coming out on and doing bonus that? or like Wheeler's response? Both. The whole so on bonus, I mean, he's right. Like, you can't look at him as wrong. Like, you know, the Winnipeg Jets played game one, and, you know, it's not like that was just like, oh, the Jets won a fluke series. I mean, they dominated that game. They, they did. controlled the game. They looked like they were going to be a tough team to play with, and then they, you know, game two kind of started out like that, and then Vegas came back, counterpunch, won that game, and from there, you know, it felt like the Jets just kind of rolled over. There wasn't a lot of fight uh, outside of, you know, maybe Connor Hellebuck keeping them in the game with some big saves every now and then. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, it, it wasn't wrong. I mean, it's fiery, and if you're a player, I get it. Like, you know, I, I don't know what's going on there. Like, maybe Blake Wheeler felt like, you know, he was in the locker room and saying, oh, you know, tough breaks, guys, blah, 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 blah. And then go in front of the media and say, like, yeah, screw these guys. Yeah. Um, you know, if but I mean, on the surface, like that's if you're a fan, you want your coach to kind of speak that honestly. You know, if, if you're getting that level level of effort from the players, you know, you kind of want them to rain fire and brimstone, uh, you know, and if you're Blake Wheeler. Like I, I, if, if you, I get it. Like if you're a leader and you felt like, you know, coach wasn't giving you that message in the locker room, but was in front of the media, maybe he thought oh, he was trying to just kind of, you know, make himself kind of look better. Um, you know, I, I don't know, but you know, it's, it's a messy situation in Winnipeg. And, and we've, we've heard this thing, you know, about the locker room in Winnipeg just being a absolutely toxic dumpster fire, you know, we've we've heard that from players like Paul Stastny who left, and it, it's it's you see it here. Like there's it's, it's there there's something that is going yeah. to need to drastically change. And the Jets came out yesterday and said bonus is coming back next year. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested. Like I, as I watched this unfold, eating my popcorn, um, and I tried. And, and sipping my tea, I tried to put it into Nashville Predators perspective. Can you imagine the response of the fan base? Because here's what I'll say. I've covered a lot of games and there were plenty to choose from where the Nashville Predators did not perform well and sat in a media room with John Hines and asked questions. And, and there was no question that John Hines was extremely frustrated but John Hines never, ever, not one time, 
behaved like that, like Rick Bonus did. But if he had, wouldn't the fans immediately go, John Hines doesn't have the locker room? John, it's John Hines. <laughs> Yeah, but then, but then, but what happens is John Hines is like, oh, you know, we just, we didn't have it. We ran into a better team. Then you're going to get people that are like, oh yeah, John Hines, you know, he's just doing lip service. He's, he, he's not fiery enough. He's not calling it like it is. That's why this team sucks. He's not holding anybody accountable. People just don't like John Hines. People, and that's just it. People don't like John Hines because I think you're going to look at this Winnipeg thing and you're going to go, yeah, those players. And I think there's an immediate, like, if it happened in Nashville, people would go, that John Hines. Yeah. 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 A little biased yeah. there, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Uh, a couple more pluses uh, to get to in this one. Uh, but before we do, want to mention tomorrow's show, we, barring any random Predators breaking news, we are going to be starting our player report cards. Uh, we are going to be going through each player on the team. We're going to say some things we like, things we didn't like, things that need to improve, and maybe look forward to what they're going to do next year, if applicable. Tomorrow, we're going to be starting with Roman Yossi and Colton Sissons, uh, two longtime leaders on this team. Should be an interesting conversation. That is coming up tomorrow on the Locked on Predators podcast. All right, Ann, we can't be hella pessimists. So no. how about some more pluses to talk about from the Stanley Cup playoffs so far? All right, this is the plus of my heart, y'all. I have two pluses of my heart, but I'm going to start with this one. Mm-hmm. Can we all just say hallelujah, amen, we're here for you, we're so excited. Matias at home, baby, is yes. moving on. Can Maddie we talk X. about that? Maddie is moving on. And I also want to give a shout out. Uh, hopefully people have been following the Edmonton King series. It was a great series. Edmonton pulled it out and won that. But I want to give a shout out to Matias Ekholm, not because he had great stats or anything like that, but one of the players who had amazing stats in this series was Evan Bouchard, who his season turned around when he, he was partnered with Matias Ekholm. Matias Ekholm. Maddie Ekholm. Just going in there, stepping into a role that makes other people better, doing that veteran kind of thing. So for me, fat plus Matias Ekholm, like, and and look, I don't like necessarily like Edmonton, but now they have Maddie. And so wouldn't it be wonderful to see Ekholm win the championship? I mean, yeah. really. Well, it'd be wonderful for our playoff brackets to come true, right? It would not hurt at all, Matthias. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He he yeah. won the Battle of the Ex-Preds. Oh, my going gosh. Up, going against uh, Arvidsson and uh, Fiala yeah. over there. Yeah, and I, there was a couple times where uh, he and Arvidsson were on the ice together and kind of... He clobbered Arvidsson on one Dude. play. Yeah. Dude. Like laid him out on a hit. I was like, be gentle. You're yeah, friends. You, you guys are pals. You go ice fishing in Sweden together. Yeah. I don't know if they really do, but I assume they do Swedish stuff. They're, well, yeah. they're all in a circle of Swedes. I wonder why they don't invite me. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe you should put a call in to Matthias Eckholm and ask. I don't I know. Keep, keep putting him in your plus. I'm sure he'll come around. I will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and to me, Anne, we, we got to give a big old fat plus to the babies of the NHL. The Seattle Kraken, they did it. 
They did it. I can't to quote, it. To quote Jeff Goldblum in, in Jurassic Park, you did it, you sons of bitches. You did it. <laughs> they beat the Colorado Avalanche. They knocked off the defending Stanley Cup champs in a seven-game series. They were up three to two, game six in Seattle. They get clobbered. You go to game seven in Colorado. You're thinking, all right, this is where the abs are going to be the abs. And the Kraken survive. Philip Grubauer, big, big part of that. Uh, But they did it. Like they did it. And now the, the Seattle Kraken first playoff series get maybe arguably the toughest team in the Western Conference and the Avalanche. They're now moving on to round two. I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody predicted it. I think a lot of people across the NHL were like, oh, look at, they made their first playoff series. And I don't think the Kraken had any idea that they weren't supposed to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And and look, Colorado, I, I think it's safe to say that on paper, Colorado is the better team. Yeah. You On paper, Colorado is the better team. But watching that game last night, I stayed up way too late to watch that game. And the Seattle Kraken were so dialed in. Now, they were under pressure from Colorado through most of that game. Yeah. But that last third period, they came out and they were like, we have decided. We will not lose this game. And and they, like you said, they were in Colorado. That is no easy place to play. Reigning Stanley Cup champions. Y'all need to go listen to Locked on Kraken, our friend Erica Ayala mm-hmm. today, because that episode is going to be lit. Yeah. Lit. Yeah. But Seattle. And, yeah. Well, first off, take that, Colorado. Uh, second of all, yeah. I mean, it, it's what I like about this is that the Kraken won the series. This wasn't one of those things where, like, you know what I mean, where Colorado yes. just lost it, where they didn't have their A game. They're just making mistake after mistake after mistake. You know, this was a game in which I think Colorado, for for the most part, you know, threw their best shots at Seattle and Seattle withstood them and then picked the right time to counter punch. I mean, you saw it last night, two to one win, you know, they held on late. I mean, Colorado was giving them everything they could. They were, uh, but now, and now we have Kraken versus stars in round two, which that, that is, is going is to be, be an entertaining series for sure. Yeah. Yeah, plenty to get to uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It is going to be a fun second round. Again, first round's not quite over yet. We got uh, Devils-Rangers Game 7 coming up tonight. Uh, That is going to be a very entertaining game, so plenty uh, to kind of cheer for. Uh, And then we have some stuff in the AHL. And uh, Milwaukee Admirals first round in the Calder Cup. Uh, It is one-to-one. Mm-hmm. With the Manitoba Moose, Admiral yes. won big in, uh, in game one. Uh, Moose came back in game two. Uh, and you you watch both of these games. Uh, for, for those of us who may not be able to watch every single Calder Cup game, what, what's your what's your thoughts been of these first two so far? Um, loved the first game. Uh, the Admirals came out and just immediately jumped on the Moose. They were up. You know, three nothing. I thought it was a really very good offensive, aggressive game from the Admirals. There was one shot that I think that Yaroslav Askarov, who we love, um, I think there is one shot. Their player shot the puck from the red line, y'all, and just was getting ready to leave the ice and just whacked the puck, and it went in the net. 
And so Yaroslav Askarov, I think, is going to have postseason nightmares about that shot. But I really feel like they came out and did well. And this wasn't necessarily a game that was taken over by the guys who had played NHL hockey. You know, this was a game where the players who had been in Milwaukee really worked well together. And I think, you know, we had Luke Evangelista scoring in the second game that, that um, the Admirals lost in overtime. So they're definitely contributing. Jordan Gross had um, two goals in the first game. So they're contributing. But I love what we're seeing from this game. I will say this is some of the spiciest hockey I have watched in a long time. These two teams are snarking at each other like my kids did when they were tweens. Like it is physical. It is high temperature. It is, um, yeah, it's been good. Now, have not seen yeah. Joachim Kamel yet. He The first game he was out serving his suspension. Second game, he did not um, come into the lineup. And I talked to Eric Denae about that. I'm like, I'm so interested. We didn't see him. And he said, you know, they had a 6-2 win the first. You're not going to touch that lineup. Yeah. I think eventually we'll see Joachim Kimmel in there. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what the dude game three, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central time. Um, and it's on AHL TV, which you can stream online. They have a package for $30. You can watch um, all of the Calder Cup postseason games. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling y'all, it is a fun, fun series. Fun yeah. series. Yeah. Would you expect anything less from the uh, affiliates of the Preds and Winnipeg Chess? Oh, it it is it is in the DNA of this matchup. It is spicy. Yeah. I do want to finish with a plus though that ties into this. I do okay. want to finish with a plus. I want to give a plus to Cody Glass. Cody Glass, Winnipeg native, was at the game in Manitoba came and watched the oh, Milwaukee nice. Admirals um, and then spent some time in the locker room with the guys afterwards. So plus to Cody Glass for showing up. Now, I know he was headed that way to visit family, but for showing up for his teammates and cheering them on. So fat plus yeah. Cody Glass, like we didn't already love you. Yeah, good to, good to see it. And uh, again, we will be cheering on the Admirals this week. There's a lot of people that think – they're a team that can make a Calder Cup trophy run. We would love to see that. I know, and you would love to see that. Our yes. buddy Eric Dene would love to see that. Uh, and we like having good content on this podcast, so we would love to see that. For we'll sure. Later this week. Uh, and where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at penaltyboxradio.com. Follow me on Twitter, underscore NS Morgan. Also be sure to follow the podcast, LO underscore Predators. And subscribe, however you're listening, whether you're watching us on YouTube or streaming us on your favorite podcasting platform. We really appreciate every subscribe we get. Really helps us out. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen today. We will be back tomorrow with player report cards. See you then.